0: When your body is infused with love, it doesn't just change the world. The first person it changes is you.
1: you
2: And now for the prayer hack.
0: Thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. And today, actually, a lot of people have been waiting on the second half of when I talked about the greatest or the ultimate biohack. And a biohack was when we attended last month the biohacking conference. And this is a conference of really a lot of heavy duty, cutting edge scientific stuff that had all kind of devices and all kind of medications and all kind of doctors and all of this latest science on how to hack the body and how to take health and mental sharpness to a whole new level. And we stayed at this conference for three days, myself, my son Josie's and Pastor Salters. We stayed there for three days listening to all of these scientists Just tell us about all of the latest development of how to take your mind, your body, and your spirit to the next level. And I preached a few weeks ago the message simply called the ultimate biohack. And it was this one technique that they said that made more difference than virtually all of that equipment, all of that fancy stuff that just changed the world. You have to go and listen to the sermon. You hear it. And I said I was going to tell you about another one. But it's been so much stuff in between that I'm just getting a chance to tell you about that now. And first of all, I want to tell you about this message to get the true benefit of this message. You're going to have to listen to it at least three times. You will have to listen to it at least three times. It's a lot of stuff. I'm going to go over it real quick. So you have to go back and you have to listen to it three times. But as we heard this, all three of us sat and said, oh, my goodness, there was no scripture used in this. But it's like Jesus himself said it. All of this stuff lines right up with everything Jesus taught. So I'm going to talk to you today from the subject of the prayer hack. And you can go to brothersoftheword.com and you can listen to the sermon, watch it, absolutely free of charge, or send it to a friend because you're going to need to hear this at least three times. It's sermon number 5933, five nine or three three. Why you say nine? A lot of times people hear me say nine. From when I used to fly a plane, and sometimes you don't understand why people say stuff. You say nine in normal conversation, but if you're flying a plane, if you're in the military, you say niner, because nine and five sounds just alike if they're static present. And you say, that don't? yes it does. If you have a bad connection, nine and five, you can't tell the difference between the two. So anyone you hear who flies a plane or in the military, they'll never say nine, they'll say niner. So it's sermon number five, niner, three, three. (laughs) We were here in this conference and the speaker began talking, and he said, first of all, I realize, you know, we've got social distancing going on, but I want you to just touch the back of the person next to you. And all of us had had tests, and so we were all negative of the virus. We all and He said, I want you to touch the back of the person next to you. So they had these round tables, and there were 3,000 people in the room, and, and everybody put their hand on the back of the person. And he said, now I want you to bend over, and I want you to smell the person that you're touching. So I said, my goodness, that was unusual. So that's what everybody, everybody just bent over and they just smell the person that they were touching. And he said, now I want you to think about what you smell. He said, because most of the people in here, you all smell real good. And he said, when I normally ask this question of the audience, what did they smell? They'll say, oh, they smell perfume and they smell cologne and and they smell lavender and they smell shampoo and they smell all these nice smells. He said, but do you realize a hundred years ago, all of y'all would have stunk? Because a hundred years ago, most people only took a bath every three or four weeks. Cause they didn't have running water on the inside. So you know that phrase of where you got don't throw the baby out with the bath water. That came because folk would take a bath so seldom the water would be just all muddy and you couldn't even see the baby. Cause we didn't bathe very much back then. But now virtually everyone in the US will take a shower at least every two days. So we take baths and we take showers. And he said, look, he said, everybody smell good. And we will take a shower virtually daily, but very few people in America cleanse their mind every day. We cleanse our bodies, but we don't go through a regimen that cleanses our minds and will go through day by day by day and all of this stink and all of this filthiness and all of this bad stuff gets in our mind. We don't take the time to wash and to cleanse our mind. And he says meditation and prayer is what you use to cleanse your mind. Now, meditation and prayer, it's different for different people. Religious people will use the word prayer Non-secular religious people will use the word meditation, but they're very similar. It's your communication with God, bringing peace within yourself. Just like different folk pray differently. You know, some people pray and they hacking and moving and all kinds. Ca- Other folk just sitting there, just as quiet. Prayer is different. So meditation and prayer, they're very, very similar. With a lot of people, they're the same thing. And different people have different methods. He said, I'm going to teach you today what he calls the ultimate prayer hack. And he said they've done studies on this of when they've taken monks, you know, those who are in the monastery and all they do is pray and sing all day. They take vows of silence. They take vows of celibacy. They spend all this time in prayer and they're all holy and do all this holy stuff. He said, and what we found is you can increase your in tune with God and your peace eight times faster with these six techniques than the monks who spend all that time and all that holiness and all that consecration. So I'm going to tell you today what he taught us just in terms of the ultimate prayer hack. But I will tell you that the ultimate prayer hack is nothing you haven't heard preached here already. It's just scientifically validated and correlated and put into a system. And he said, all you need to do is spend 15 minutes a day. If you spend 15 minutes doing these six things every morning, it washes your spirit. And he said, I have taught athletes in every major sports team in the U.S. this, and they win, and because their minds are clean, they perform better. How many of y'all wanna just perform better? Sometimes when your mind is cleaner, it's not sometimes when your mind is cleaner, when your spirit is pure, you get a chance to perform better. First of all, there are six needs that humans basically have, and these six needs The need of feeling of being loved and loving others. That's the first need. You need to love and you need to feel love. It ain't just by giving love. You need to feel love. You need to feel that somebody loves me. And you need to love. So love is the number one need. Number two, gratitude. Number three, happiness. Number four, peace. Number five, a vision for your future. And number six, self-determination. And finally, a feeling of being supported actually happiness and peace are really one the first three deal with the present what is going on right now the last three deal with the future and those six needs they're represented by six actions and it's these six actions that you focus on and do while you are praying and i've started incorporating it into my prayer particularly my morning prayer and I feel just better. I feel cleanser. I have a focus. I have a structure of how I pray. Just like Jesus gave you. He gave you a sample prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven. You start by acknowledging God in your daily bread, which is your, your sustenance, your work. Then you forgive others. All so Jesus gave you a pattern that's very similar to this. This is just a little bit more detailed. And with those six needs that we have, there are these six traits or things that you go through and focus on during your prayer that will take your praying to a whole new level. And you just spend two and a half minutes on each one of them and 15 minutes you're finished. How many of us got 15 minutes a day for God? I mean, and that may sound like a short period of time. but Most folk don't spend 15 minutes a day in prayer. They just don't spend 15 minutes. Sometimes we don't even know how to pray. Don't want to know what to do. So this will give some people just a rough template of what to focus on and what to do. Now, the first one is what he called compassion. Compassion. It deals with that need of being loved and loving others. And when you have compassion, it changes you and it moves you from judgment to caring. It moves you from isolation to inclusion and you start seeing other folk differently when you have compassion and basically the way he said you do it is when you start your prayer you first of all put in your mind somebody that you really really love if you don't even have somebody something that you really really some of y'all just love your dog more than anybody you just do because dog is just some folk got a dog some folk got a cat some folk got some birds some folk got a snake whatever you got whatever you got some folk just love their car Whatever it is, now that's not the best thing, but what is it? Take whatever you love and imagine whatever you love. Put that in your mind. It needs to be ideally a person. Put that person in your mind and then imagine the color that you associate with love. Some people may have the color red, like the heart. Some may have yellow or orange or green or blue or whatever color it is. I want you to imagine that color. And like Jesus said, let your light shine. Imagine that color as a light. And it begins to light up this person. And as you think how much you love this person. If you don't have anybody you love, you need to work on that. That's why a lot of people are really, really kind of messed up. They don't have anybody they love. And when you have somebody you love, it just makes a difference. Whether it's a child or an adult, you need to have somebody you love. If you feel lonely or lonely, that's why all of the psychological experts say, get you a pet. That pet works. Get you a pet. I have a cat. That cat loved me to death. It really does. That cat, in my prayer, the cat, because I'm sitting in my chair, the cat comes over and lays on my feet and keeps my feet warm. So she warm because my feet warm the cat and the cat warm me. Now, somebody else, I'm scared of a cat. The cat, fine. You get what worked for you. Now, for some of you all, it may be your baby. You're laying up with your baby. Whatever it is, you get what works for you. But think about that thing that you love. And the light that surrounds it. And you take these first two and a half minutes thinking about the person or the thing that you love. And the light that you have chosen is your color representation of love. And you let that envelop the room where you are. You just see this light just envelop the room. And then it moves beyond your room to your neighborhood. Covers the whole neighborhood. You know some folk in your neighborhood need love. Y'all know that? Some folk in your neighborhood need love. And when you pray and when you send this love for it makes a difference. They'll be able to feel it. Then you let the light leave your neighborhood and you let it go and go over the whole city and then it moves beyond the city and you imagine your state on the map and it goes over the whole state and your state is glowing the color of your love. And then it goes beyond the state and it goes over the whole nation and you see the whole nation glowing with the color of your love and then it leaves the nation and you imagine a round globe of the earth and the color of your love envelops the whole world and you become in the mind of christ who came to save the world you send your love all over the world it changes you it changes your heart rhythm the very rate and the type of beat that you have when your body is infused with love it doesn't just change the world the first person it changes is you my cat can even feel it because if you're sitting there at the feet of something just oozing love you can't help but to feel it But you've got to learn how to love and how to have compassion. And see, once you start having this compassion, it changes the way you see other folk. This world so much has us that we see so many people as threats. And then we we see them as threats in our job and out in the world. You, you, You walk around with fear. When you have compassion, you don't see people as threats. You understand. And then you start forgiving them. You just don't see them the same when you feel love and judgment just can't almost be in the same, can't be in the same vibe. When you really have compassion and you feel for other people, you don't see the mistakes they make. You begin to understand the mistakes they make because you do the same thing. We have different reasons. He gave the example of how he was walking in a city and a lady in front of him was eating some Oreos and she dropped the paper on the ground. And the city downtown was real clean. It just upset him. the lady was going to litter and put this wrapper, this cookie wrapper, right down the ground. And he ran up and picked up the wrapper. Then walked in front of the lady and put the wrapper in the trash can and he stared at her. <laughs> As if to say, you don't have any better manners than to drop this paper on this ground in the middle of this clean city. And when he stared at the lady, he said, the lady just broke down in tears. Had the Oreo cookie crumble just coming down up there. She just a crying. And he said, Well, he said, you just don't understand. You just looking at me, just all judging me and, and then moaning. My boyfriend, we've been dating all these years. He, he dumped me this morning. And all I wanted were the Oreos. <laughs> and when that happened, he understood. And he had compassion. You see, when we drop something on the ground, it's an accident. When somebody else drops something on the ground, their character is bad. We view our actions different and be the same thing. It'd be an identical thing. When we do it, we got an excuse why we did it. When someone else, they doing it because they like this. So when you have compassion, you begin to see other people in a in a different light. Second thing of the six, he said, is this gratitude. And he said gratitude or just being thankful. That's what that means. Gratitude has the strongest link with well-being than any other character trait. Just being thankful. It makes a difference when you're just thankful for everything. That's why I said even looking at the pandemic. But well, how can I be thankful for the pandemic? Thankful that it wasn't like it was 100 years ago. Thankful there's only 10% of the people who died in this one that died 100 years ago. See, there's a way of looking at this thing where you're now thankful and two people can see the same thing. One curses it and one is thankful. And which one's spirit do you think is going to be lighter? Which one do you think is going to be healthier and not going to have disease racking through their body? Which one? It's the one who can see the beauty and it's the one who can be grateful for everything God has put into the earth. So when you have gratitude, and he said there are the three basic areas you need to be thankful for in your prayer. All this, you take two and a half minutes for each one. You need to be thankful for your personal life. Just be thankful if you just had a glass of orange juice that morning. Be thankful for that glass of orange juice. If you have a warm chair to sit in. Some folks got hemorrhoids. If you can just sit down and pray without anything hurt. Do you know that? That's a blessing. Now see, I hadn't even thought of that for some reason to write now. I've never had hemorrhoids. But do you know if you've had hemorrhoids, you have a problem sitting down. you got to get you one of them donut pillows and all that. All y'all right now sitting down and you don't have a donut pillow on. Be thankful just that you can even sit down and pray. So there are so many things that you can be thankful for. So just in your personal world, then in your work world, you hear so many people just fussing about their job. But be thankful for stuff that's in your work world. And when you start appreciating the stuff, and so you can find the good and the bad. Find the good and be thankful for it. Focus on the good. So your personal life, your work world, and then be thankful for yourself. And it's the difference between pride and... And just when you have self-confidence and when you have self-love, that's why when Jesus said love thy neighbor as yourself, you can't love your neighbor. If you don't have love yourself. If you got self-hate, how are you going to love your neighbor? How are you going to love other folks? You don't love yourself. So I want you to just think about some of the things that are just good. And you think about the things that are really good about you. The things that you've really done right. Not all the stuff we beat ourselves over the head too much about the stuff we've done wrong, right, But what have you done right? Think about all the good stuff. I got it this morning, ran four miles. Oh, I felt good. I made it through the Lord's Thank you. I did good this morning. Sure did. So you think about the good stuff you've done. You have gratitude for self, gratitude for work, and gratitude for the stuff that's in your personal life. And when you can do those kind of things it just changes. Changes. Your gratitude for your hair. A lot of stuff. Whole bunch of stuff. Just, if you're bald headed, gratitude for some smooth skin. Just be thankful for what you got. It makes a difference. The third thing forgiveness. And this is a major thing that you've heard before. And forgiveness has such a power that is so scientifically validated and documented. It's not just in the Lord's Prayer that I talked about last, it's just powerful. I had a situation yesterday where I had to forgive with a refrigerator. I said, how in the world can you forgive a refrigerator? Well, we bought this refrigerator a few years ago. Actually, it's been about three years ago. High-end refrigerator, and I went over to my brother's house, Bernard, the house he used to live in, he just got through remodeling. He said, I want you to come see this house. So I went over there um, a couple of days ago, walked into the house, and there he had upstairs this gray slate marble pool table. He said, you remember that? I said, I sure do. He says, the pool table I gave you all for your wedding gift. He said, I've been here. This pool table is 35 years old. I just had the felt replaced, and the folks said, they, just, they, they don't make them like this in was solid slate. under the b-. Anyway, super nice pool table. He was showing me around the house, got to the kitchen, and there's this refrigerator. And this refrigerator got this glass on the side. It's a double door, and when you tap the glass two times, the light comes on and the glass clears up. And you can see everything else on the inside of the refrigerator. I said, whoa, and then you open the door. It's got a door here where you put all your liquids right there. You open it up in the big refrigerator. I said, this is the nicest refrigerator I have ever seen. And we had just ordered a refrigerator because our refrigerator burned out. This is the refrigerator that's still pretty new. We bought this refrigerator. When it was still under warranty, the thing blew out, and we found out the company knew the refrigerator had a problem. They knew it had a problem, and they wouldn't have fixed it. They just gave us all kind of run around. The men that they sent out just didn't have do it. Do. So we're we not going to ever buy another refrigerator from this company ever again. We're not going to buy anything else from this company. They just did us wrong. Well, when I saw his refrigerator, it's the same brand. <laughs> As that refrigerator we got, it's not working. And see, we would ordered a new refrigerator, but you all know right now because of the supply chain issues, you can't get a refrigerator. It takes two or three months to get it. So we had another month for our refrigerator. So we got no refrigerator. So I'm looking at this thing. I said, this is the refrigerator I want. So I said, look, that's the refrigerator we done ordered and ordered this one. What brand is that? It? It's the same brand. We don't want no no. I said, look, we had to just forgive that company. I had to forgive a refrigerator company. <laughs> I said, I'm not going to carry this bad experience of this refrigerator the rest of my life and never buy anything. I got to let this stuff go. So we got a refrigerator on the way right now that's the same brand as the refrigerator we got now that they did us wrong with that's not working. You got to let some of this stuff go. And sometimes you got to realize God will just put a trial in your life just to teach you. Because the reason I bought the refrigerator in the first place, I looked through Consumer Report, it was a top-rated refrigerator. So we just had a bad apple and a bad circumstance, and who knows, the very person who answered our call that day and handled our stuff, maybe they were going through some. And because they were going through something, they just didn't handle us with the hoop, because they were going through something. And it had nothing to do with us. It may have been they just been going through something or it may have been God orchestrating. I'm going to teach you don't even hold anything negative with a refrigerator company. So I had to forgive and I had to let that go. And this is the exercise that he gives you on forgiveness. Choose someone who did something to you or something unpleasant that's very, very small. Very, very small. You're in a restaurant. You order your water with no ice and they brought you water with ice. Small. Choose something that's small because he said forgiveness is a muscle. And you've got to start small, forgiving things small. And as you begin to forgive small things, your ability to forgive medium-sized things will come. And then your ability to give big things will come. And as you do this every morning where you forgive and you cleanse your soul of all of this unforgiveness, eventually it becomes automatic. And you don't even store the stuff in your soul. So you begin small and you begin to build your forgiveness muscle. And then he said, once you get your forgiveness muscle built, you become what he calls unmess mess <laughs> Folk can't mess with you. Because your forgiveness muscle is so strong, you are now unmeswittable. And no matter what they do, they just can't mess with you. The next thing is future dreaming. Hope is the belief that your future will be better than your present. And as you are praying, you do what's called future dreaming. You see your future. And you realize that your future is going to be better than your present. You remember I told you when I was riding my motorcycle years ago and I'm deep in some other state and I hear God speak. You're near at the halfway point of your life and your second half is going to be better and more fulfilled than your first half. That's future dreaming. So as God spoke to me, what's coming is better than what is right now. Because if you think what's coming is worse, that ain't no good future. That's not hope, that's dread. So you have to get in your mind future dreaming that that which is coming in the future is going to be better than that which is here in the present. And that's the way I think that right now I'm planning on going. You all know that I walked for this past July and part of August. My son and I, we walked the El Camino in Spain that 500 mile walk with next July because I'm taking off every July next July. I'm driving Route 66. I'll be 66 years old. I'm looking forward to that thing so much. Oh, I'm just looking. Because first of all, I wasn't looking forward to that 500-mile walk. I'll be honest about that. <laughs> but I am so looking forward to that drive. And I just got future dreaming about me just driving. It's a little over 3,000-mile drive one way. And James and I, we were at a business retreat a couple of weeks ago. And, and I was sitting there. I got to talking with this other businessman. And we just got to, and I told him, I'm going to drive Route 66 next year. And he said, I've always wanted to do that. And I told him, well, why don't you? And he thought about it. Mm-hmm. And while I'm sitting there, I hear God speak, offer to let him use your Miata to drive. And I told him, my sister, it's going to sound kind of strange, but I just hear God say to offer to use my Miata to drive Route 66. It's convertible, it's in great shape. And I didn't realize it until later why God told me that. I'm going to drive out there and he's going to fly out and drive back. So it'll take me 31 days to drive all that distance out there, and I'm going to drive out to L.A., I'm going to drive down Highway 1, just enjoy myself, and then give him the keys and let him drive back. But I'm looking forward to that. I'm just looking forward to What are you looking forward to? You need to have some goal, something in the future with future dreaming that you are looking forward to. It makes a real big difference. The next thing he said is this. Imagine your perfect day. Imagine your perfect day. And imagine that day because you need to do your prayer first thing in the morning. Imagine that day with incredible segments of perfect day. If you're going to have a cup of coffee for breakfast, imagine that cup of coffee being just a perfect cup of coffee. It's like my mother when she eats now i don't quite eat what she but my mama she love that bacon and she will imagine her with that bacon and eggs and, and grits and she will imagine her stuff gonna be just delicious and it's just gonna be perfect if you got to go to lunch that day imagine you're gonna have the best lunch in the world and see when you have imagined this stuff even if something goes different than what you thought or wanted You'll be able to still see because you have imagined, and you'll be surprised what you put in your mind how strongly that thing has a tendency to manifest. If you imagine when I see my baby today, woo, woo she she's gonna be looking good. If you imagine that, even if her hair all up and roller, she got on it down, all this, no matter what, it, it's what you see, she will look so phenomenal to you because you have already set it in your mind that you're going to be phenomenal. So this is the way you imagine your perfect day that's going to be super. And finally, number six, you imagine being blessed. He put it like this. He says, I imagine me doing a fist bump with God. I imagine me doing a fist bump with God, that God is going to bless me, that he will protect me, that he will empower me, that God will surround me. And I imagine myself doing a fist bump with God. So it is these six things that as you pray, if you put these six things in your mind and go through the process of compassion and then gratitude and forgiveness and then future dreaming, having a perfect day, and being blessed by God. When you go through these six things, it changes. You've now covered most of the stuff of life. And you've cleansed your soul. And you walk out with expectation or what's called hope and faith. Because you believe now you're going to have a phenomenal day. And when you believe you're going to have a phenomenal day, you'll be surprised the probability that thing happening, regardless of what else happening to everybody else, your day is phenomenal regardless of what everybody else's day, what everybody else's day got to do with yours. So when you set your mind to this and cleanse your mind of all this stuff, all this stuff is on the news, get your mind out of the blues of the news. And then you begin to see life in a whole different, two nights ago, some people went through the neighborhood breaking in cars and they went through my son's car. didn't break anything, but they went in there and just pulled everything out and went through, rifle through everything. You got to forgive them folks. Lord, I forgive them. I forgive them. Lord, I hope they find their path. Lord, bless them to find good jobs. Instead of, Lord, if I could have caught them rats, I would have shot all of them. No, 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 no. You change your vibration to compassion. They didn't have the advantage you had. They didn't have the upbringing you had. They may not have had a mother and father in the home. You don't know what they went through. So when you start having compassion, it changes how you relate And it changes how you judge. So just go through these six things. It's an ultimate prayer hack that will take you to a higher level in God. And it's what Jesus would want you to do. Remember, you're going to need to watch this at least three times to get this into your spirit. But I guarantee it will change your prayer life. Message number five, nine or three, three on brothersoftheword.com. Thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the word. Amen. I'm going to ask my son, Josie, to come and just make some comments. He was with us at the biohacking conference So Josie, if you would rush on down, just want him to just say whatever's on his mind and then I'll ask Pastor James to close us out. But he was there all three days and he wants to take his world to another level. So he may have gotten and seen some things entirely different than what his daddy saw.
2: All right, good morning, everybody. or good afternoon. As he mentioned, I went with him to the biohacking conference. I did get slightly fewer takeaways than what he got. I went more so for a physical body, not necessarily mind. So it was a good experience overall, just hearing a lot of the people talk about body and mind. I did learn a lot about the mind that I did implement in my life. Like he said about forgiveness, they taught us a lot of stuff about forgiveness that I didn't know, saying a lot of cases that they found with cancer was linked back to people who had a lot of unforgiveness in their hearts. So I did implement stuff like that in my life. I'm working on it still about trying to forgive people that I couldn't forgive in the past to benefit me. But yeah, a lot of the stuff I took away was more so physical body. That's what I went for. I learned some stuff about heavy metals and detoxifying your body from heavy metals and stuff like that, injury rehabs and stuff like that. Overall, it was a good conference. I did learn a lot that I didn't expect to learn. That's pretty much all I had to say. <laughs>
1: Amen. Josie's is in good shape, isn't he? <laughs> I hate to come up here after Josie's. You know, sometimes it's like when you got a good singer, or speaker, you don't want to come behind him. I'm feeling a little puny behind Josie's. <laughs> Amen. But We thank Pastor for the awesome message and bringing back the wisdom that they pay thousands to get. So, he gave it to us for free amen but it did come at a cost so we want to deem it as valuable and go back and listen to it three times and implement it in our, our morning routines and just be able to clean out our minds and spirits and, and indeed that forgiveness is a big one that you know the Bible talks about a lot and even for us to be forgiven of our father we have to forgive others and extend the very thing that we're in need of and I've even heard my brother Bishop Dale give testimonies about how he went to the hospital many times and he was getting ready to pray over people with tumors and cancers and God wouldn't even let him deliver healing unto them until they forgave a certain person and some people you know they'd rather go to their grave than forgive other people and these spiritual and heart things can set up illness in our own lives. And I famous comedian Dick Gregory, civil rights activist, I heard him in a live seminar, and he was talking about forgiveness as well. And he was saying it was similar when you're holding something against somebody that of taking they doing something wrong to you and you grabbing a thing of feces and putting it in your pocket saying next time I see them I'm going to throw it on and he said the whole time you're sitting there with it in your pocket and it's stinking you up <laughs> causing you harm and that's what unforgiveness is like you're holding this thinking you're doing something to them literally you know you're building up cancer and tumors in your body so we have to let those things go not even for the other person but just to cleanse our own selves out right, this what we are commanded of our Father to forgive others even as we are forgiven so we thank pastor for this all of these six attributes to include in our prayer life and if you'll do these things you'll have better days it will lead to better weeks that'll lead to better months better years and to a better life so we thank him for bringing us this wisdom and a Compacted form. They had to sit through days to get it. So he's able to he gave us the Cliff Notes version. Amen. Well with heads bowed before we leave. If there's anybody in this place, and if you've heard the message today, and I won't do the normal altar call that we normally do for us to be forgiven, but today if there's anybody and you're as you search your own heart no matter what they've done, but if there's anybody that you're holding something against and you want to just let it go today, you've heard this message and you don't want to wait till tomorrow morning, but you want to, while the Spirit is convicting you, and you know within your own heart, you don't need a prophet here to tell you, but if there's somebody, something that you're holding unforgiveness against, Just come to the altar. We're going to just leave it at the altar today. It's not going to be something you have to say out publicly. But we want to just give a public opportunity for you to just leave it at the altar. We'll wait on you. Search your own hearts. Search your own hearts. It's much better for you to search your own heart before God judges and searches you. He's given you time right now to get it right, to cleanse it. Didn't say just forgive them if they did this or that. He knows the atrocities that were done against you, even some as a child. And sometimes it gets hard for us because we think about how bad it was what they did. And we'll say nobody deserves that, to be forgiven for that. But God knew. He had to forgive those that were putting nails in his hands and crown of thorns on his head and piercing him in the side. He had to forgive those that were spitting on him and Saying all manner of evil against him. So as you've come, just gonna ask you to just picture that person in your mind. And just say out of your mouth, I forgive you. Picture him and say, I forgive you. Picture him, say I let it go. I let it go. I release you in Jesus' name. And just see those feelings. Just see them as a dark color. Just going out of your heart and just leaving it at the altar. Just see yourself embracing them in a hug. Saying, I forgive you. I forgive you. See yourself telling them that. Amen. You can go back to your seats. We thank you for letting it go and leaving it at the altar. Amen. Amen. May I see a lot just to close us in prayer today. Praise God. Stand to your feet. Father, we just love you and praise you and rejoice in you and give you thanks, Lord. We're Honored to be in your presence. We're grateful for your love and your grace. Grateful to be forgiven, Lord, and so that we can forgive others. And we just love you. And Father, we just ask you to go before us this week. Let us have a wonderful, wonderful week and incorporate these principles into our quiet time, a time spent with you, Lord. And we can surround others with love and surround the world with love. And we thank you so much for your peace and joy and happiness that comes into our hearts, that exudes from our lives to be a light to others. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let every heart say, Amen. Amen.
2: You are listening to Brothersoftheword.com. This was the message titled, The Prayer Hack, by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 5933. That's 5933. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 5933 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this
0: message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to Iwanttogive.com. That's Iwanttogive.com.
2: Listen to brothers of the often because, brother, you need word.
1: the word.